Hello. Um, almost said good morning, but I guess we're now into the noon hour. So good afternoon. I'm Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry. Welcome to this week's episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Uh, last week, we had a great conversation about municipal governments, um, those at the city, village, township level, uh, talking about the um, constitutional requirements, the duties and responsibilities and the limitations on those governments, as well as having um, an actual, uh, you know, dialogue with a true, real, uh, live uh, Michigan Township uh, board member. He was a township um, trustee, and now he is the township treasurer, that is Michael Bosch in Georgetown Township. This week, we're continuing that conversation by um, talking about local governments, but in the context of, of actually county government, uh, the midway between your, your, municip your municipal government and your state government. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about uh, the powers of local and county governments um, and uh, expectations differ greatly from one person to another, especially uh, when we've been talking about and debating the powers of government for the last two and a half years, more uh, widely across the entire country than ever before. Uh, but uh, today what I want to do is um, we're still going to go over the constitutional segments that relate to uh, the, the powers and responsibilities and limitations of county governments. We're going to talk about um, parts of the U.S., Michigan, and Florida constitutions, as we always do. But since um, a large portion of those pieces that are relevant to county governments, we already talked about last week. Today, what I want to do is jump right on into our conversation with our guest for today. And uh, without any further ado, I'm going to see if I'm smart enough to click all the right buttons today. Um, bring in our guest, Joe Moss. Uh, Joe, can you hear me okay now? I can. Awesome. Uh, so uh, let's see. And hello, uh, the Liberty Cause on YouTube uh, and others who are watching on our other social media platforms, especially those platforms that don't automatically pull comments over. Uh, hopefully eventually the technology will catch up, but hello to all of you as well. Um, so, um, yeah, so basically at this point, um, I uh, want to introduce you to a good friend of mine. I've often called him my brother from another mother, uh, and uh, that is Joe Moss. He is currently a candidate for county commissioner in Ottawa County, Michigan, which is West Michigan. But before we get into any of that, um, it's really important that you understand that as you know, whether you're already in government or you've been involved in politics for many years um, or you've never had anything to do with government or politics ever. And, you know, you rarely even voted. If you did, it was the presidential elections. And uh, politics has pretty much been one of those taboo topics such as, um, you know, religion that you've avoided like the plague for many years. Now is the time to get involved. If you're coming across this video on any social media platform, now is the time to get involved and it doesn't take somebody with all that expertise or um, you know specific skill set to be involved in politics um, so uh, <laughs> with that being said i want to start by focusing on how joe in many ways is the average joe right um, a, a citizen uh, not some career politician so joe could you tell us when um so march 1st 2020 who were you? What were you doing? So I was a, a business owner and a dad and a husband and married all, about 13 years. Um, just kind of doing my own thing, focusing on faith, family and work. Uh, two kids and, you know, basically just focused on um, taking care of my family, going to church and running my businesses. Okay. And your businesses are in West Michigan, right? Yep. Yeah, I am one of the one of the owners at a kind of a few different sister companies in, in, in the technology field, and we we do various things um, with website security <laughs> and things like that. And uh, um, I have clients in West Michigan, but then kind of all around the United States, and some that are are overseas. Okay. Um, 
I was busy trying to throw my um, lighting off the desk. So uh, give me just a second here. Don't want to catch anything on fire while I'm listening to you uh, answer questions. So, all right, that's a little bit better. Okay, so, um, so March of 2020 comes and Governor Whitmer shuts down the state of Michigan. Um, unbeknownst to me, but it wasn't too long after that that I actually had met you, not in person, but behind the scenes, so to speak. Um, and Ryan, it looks like we have a question on YouTube. We'll come to that in just a second. Um, but you, um, you, you obviously were paying attention. You were watching the news. You were seeing what was happening. Uh, what was really, and, and maybe I'm making an assumption here because I don't think I've ever asked you this, but what was your first real involvement in politics? Um, well, in, in maybe in the political process, you might say, is I started going to some of the rallies that were going on in Lansing. And I remember there were hundreds or thousands, you know, of people who would, who a few times back in 2020, you know, kind of all converged on Lansing from all around the, the state um, to, you know, share their uh, frustrations with how things were being managed. So, so again, first I don't know. I don't know if I ever asked you this question, but um, were you in um, were you at the Lansing Capitol on April 30th, 2020? Probably. OK. Um, people I met later on, uh, it's just kind of cool for me to hear, hey, I was there, too. So um, so and, you know, uh, we have a common friend, uh, Ryan Kelly, mm -hmm. and um, as you're aware, and, and some people that are watching this are aware, um, I was actually part of the American Patriot Council, which started as American Patriot Rally, um, who put on the first in-person rally in Michigan in 2020, which was April 30th, 2020, um, on the steps of the Capitol in Lansing. And um, <clears throat> that's how I met Ryan, was through that. And then we put on a few more. Uh, we had uh, Rosa Parks Circle May 18th. We had, uh, I think, June 14th, 2020, back in Lansing. Um, there were several events there. It ended up being, I think, oct late October 2020. There was one in Allendale. Um, anyway, several that Ryan, along with the rest of the American Patriot Council, were putting together. And... Um, was, do you think getting involved, kind of helping them kind of get some website stuff up and whatnot, do you think that was, I guess, your first um, active involvement in? Yeah, yeah. And there's really another kind of a second piece that was related. Um, you know, I, I was going to the rallies and I was, I mean, I, there are so many people who would come out. It was, it was amazing to see the numbers. Um, and then I, you know, I was at gridlock when, when people just went to Lansing and just drove downtown and parked. I can't remember the date of that, but that was amazing to see. April 15th. Okay. Yeah. And just the number of people who were there, unbelievable. I mean, it was families, kids, you know, parents, everybody. So it was, it was neat to see that. And as that, as that summer went on and we got into the fall, uh, uh, I started looking for long-term solutions. And so what I did is I went and kind of my, maybe my first more uh, standard or typical political involvement is, is I decided I wanted to become a precinct delegate. And I went and talked to the Ottawa uh, GOP, the Republican Party here in Ottawa County, um, to see what they were doing. Because, you know, that's their role, right? They're supposed to be involved somehow. <laughs> yep. And so I got involved there and then quickly realized that that wasn't the solution. Not by itself, that's for sure. Not by itself. <laughs> right. uh, not without massive takeover, which would take the course of at least two years, but, you know. So, yeah, and it, I guess if I could correct myself, it wasn't the solution for me. Um, I'm I'm not, you know, and wasn't then especially, I wasn't particular, particularly uh, interested in party politics. Uh, I, I wanted change. <laughs> and so sometimes that change has to come from outside the party, especially when the party is run by the people who are in control in the county, in the county government. Right. So, uh, you've actually, um, you know, at this point you're a candidate, which we'll go into in a second, but before that really came to fruition, um, you had, um, a hand in, um, some 
I guess, technological support in a variety of different uh, grassroots organizations. Yeah. yeah, I started reaching out and meeting people and just trying to provide help wherever I could. Um, and it started in West Michigan, but then it just kind of, you know, kind of grew, grew throughout the state. And I, I had a lot of fun helping people who were getting involved either for the first time or who had been involved for a long time and met a lot of people and built a lot of nice, a lot of really quality relationships that way. I mean, we know that your favorite group to be involved with was obviously Restore Freedom, <laughs> um, but uh, especially the, uh, what were we used to, like 7 a.m. or 6.45 or whatever it was, ugly time, uh, Zoom <laughs> meetings. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, you, you were uh, huge in helping us, um, you and Brian Bodie, my dad and Mike, uh, the main people that got our... Um, basically our whole thing up and running and, and kept it going because, um, you know, it, with common ways of seeing and hearing about things, you know, the news or whatever um, events, local events that you might go to all being kind of shut down or uh, filtered or censored or completely just canceled. Um, in many ways, we had to find new ways to, to get out and get the word across and unite with people all over the state. And with the Restore Freedom Initiative petition, uh, we were doing just that. So um, I, I'd like the, the viewers to know, um, you know, how instrumental you were in making sure that that project was able to get as far as it did, as well as then when we converted to just doing, you know, all the other stuff that Restore Freedom uh, now does. Um, and certainly I continue to pick your brain for the tough technology questions and, you uh, I know if you had, you know, tons more time, I'm sure you'd still be helping on a, on a regular basis with what we're doing, but um, you've got quite a bit going on. So aside from helping others get started with new grassroots organizations or, or get, even getting prior uh, formed organizations a bit more online, so to speak, you also decided to make a change and start an organization in Ottawa County uh, yourself. So when officially did that really launch? So well, I started meeting with some people at the end of 2020 and we officially launched right at the beginning of 2021. And really what, I mean, we had seen was um, basically the start or, or maybe the early parts of this, this parental rights movement and this huge involvement from parents. And it's not just in Ottawa County, it's not just in Michigan, it's across the United States. Um, and we were seeing things happen and parents were meeting together uh, and you know building a community with like-minded freedom-loving people and i had already been connecting with people who were you know for liberty and freedom and trying to help them and so when i saw all of these groups coming together uh, and some people who wanted to then connect them together um, that, that was a, a great opportunity so um the name i don't I didn't remember if, if you or I actually said it out loud yet, but the grassroots organization that you co-founded um, is Ottawa Impact. Yep. And essentially, and you kind of alluded to it as you were explaining kind of what issues drew you in to get involved and that kind of thing, but what is its main purpose? What is what is the main purpose of, of having Ottawa Impact in Michigan? So the mission is to preserve and protect the individual rights of the people living in Ottawa County. So we are a locally focused organization. And really what we wanted to do was come in and help uh, create more of a permanent structure that um, people in Ottawa County can rely on for truth, for transparency, and for maybe most importantly, accountability. Uh, and what we realized is that, you know, if, if your elected officials um, are misbehaving, let's say they're they're not living up to uh, the platform of the party that they're elected uh, elected to serve. They're not serving the people first. They're prioritizing uh, the county corporation or their own positions over the people. They're kowtowing or bowing down to demands from the state government, especially uh, <laughs> demands that um, infringe upon people's rights. Um, then the really the best thing to do is to replace them. And it, it typically is hard to replace incumbents because it takes time, it takes money, it takes expertise. So we wanted to help build um, a couple different organizations that could kind of work hand in hand 
with the people in Ottawa County to help them in, in you know, if they needed that accountability in their area. So, yeah, I forgot you mentioned a couple different organizations. So um, you have Ottawa Impact and then Ottawa Impact PAC. Is that right? Yeah. So there's there's a few different um, related entities. So Ottawa Impact is a nonprofit um, focuses on education and advocacy for individual rights. Um, it doesn't engage directly in politics. The Ottawa Impact PAC does that. Um, and it does so by vetting candidates and supporting them. And then we also have an education pack that's focused on uh, local school board uh, races. And then we also launched a legal fund um, because there were some parents who wanted to sue Ottawa County's Board of Commissioners and Health, uh, health Officer. Um, so those four working together are, are kind of uh, uh, the group. Okay. So basically in 2020, you went from a guy who was the average American Joe working, taking care of your family, going to church, doing your thing. And uh, I guess I kind of uh, skipped over one of the main parts. You were born and raised in West Michigan, right? Yeah, grew up in Hudsonville. Mm-hmm. Grew up in Hudsonville. So um, as most of you know, that's where I was living when we um, just moved down to Mich- or to Florida last summer. But um so you've been in West Michigan and involved and in, in knowing what the issues are uh, your whole life, yep. but really 2020 was the breaking point for you where you decided uh, enough is enough and we the people need to stand up and do something different. Um, so obviously, you know, you coming alongside of uh, and, and being a part of different organizations, you know, like um, American Patriot Council or Restore Freedom or anything like that, um, you know, those are almost all, if not all, of the ones <clears throat> that you helped in some way are, are basically more statewide or even national organizations. But Ottawa Impact is just, you know, focusing on the local side. What are some issues that um, I want people to understand why it's important for them to pay attention? and what kinds of things they might be looking for. And then of course, uh, ways that they can uh, get involved and do something. So what are some of the issues that at the county level that struck you as wrong, as struck you as something you needed to get involved and do something about? Well, the easy way to answer that is just to tell, you know, like a, a couple quick examples. Um, and I we're kind of jumping around a little, but you know, a year ago there was, uh, um, you know, kids were going into the new school year and there were no mask mandates and everybody was pretty happy about that. And then a couple days before school started, the Ottawa County Health Department issued a, a new mandate uh, requiring kids to mask in schools. And a thousand, over a thousand parents showed up at the county commission meeting that following Tuesday, a couple days later, to, to protest, uh, to ask them to reverse course, to remove the mandate, to allow parents to have a choice. Uh, and really what they were asking is, you know, they were they were demanding that the county recognize their right to raise and educate their kids in the manner they see fit. Um, they were advocating for their own parental rights. And so when that happened, a thousand parents showed up. One of these issues that we, that we saw was the county commission, you know, ignored the parents. They restricted the number of people who could come into the boardroom. They set all kinds of rules for meetings. You couldn't, you know, bring in food or water. At one point, they even tried to uh, uh, preclude people, Black people, from entering the building, which was illegal, and they had to reverse course very quickly on that one. (laughs) Um, But basically, what we saw is an overall attitude of we're the experts. We'll tell you what to do. Sit down. Shut up. And that's not okay from elected officials. Right. Hmm. So since, um, let's just say in the last six months, what are some of the things uh, that, you know, whether it be the PAC or the whatever the other one is called, basically the the more grassroots organization, hmm. um what are some of the issues in Ottawa County that have come out that you've sent educational emails about that you guys have gotten active in, and what did you do to try to 
besides, you know, trying to find candidates to run for county commission, what are some of the other action steps you've taken to try to see some change on some of these issues? Oh, yeah, that's a that is a great question. Um, I'll highlight a big one. Uh, one if, if anybody's interested, they can follow up on this by going to ottawaimpact.com. And at least currently, right on the homepage, there's a link to the pro-life protection assessment for Ottawa County. And trying to keep this brief, basically what Ottawa Impact did is a deep dive investigation into how uh, and what Ottawa County was promoting uh, through local government. And uh, so if you dive into that report, it's fairly long. It's over 50 pages. Um, we found that uh, Ottawa County had, you know, was advancing and, and promoting pro-abortion and pro-Planned Parenthood, you know, resources and alliances within the county government. And uh, if you'd like to see the, the details, it's all evidenced in that report and some of the follow-up blog posts. Uh, but Ottawa County is a very conservative county, has been and is known to be conservative, you know, across the state. And uh, so the fact that uh, the Ottawa County Health Department was promoting some pretty radical sexualized content and using actual Planned Parenthood resources in their family guide, I use that term loosely, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty big issue for the people who are living in Ottawa County, um, who generally do not support abortion in any way. Uh, and so that would be an example of something that we did. Um, Sylvia Rohde, uh, who's one of the co-founders of Ottawa Impact, uh, wrote that report. And uh, basically what happened was we, we wanted to release it because we're about truth, transparency, and accountability, and education. And so we wanted the people in Ottawa County to understand how their local government was behaving. Um, and it got quite a reaction. Um, and one of the things that it then led to uh, was in the election cycle, uh, right to Life of Michigan saw that report and um, halted all of the endorsements of the incumbent commissioners who had been involved in overseeing um, what was going on. So um, I don't think that's ever happened before where uh, an entire crop of commissioners lost their Right to Life endorsements, uh, but that's what happened. And Right to Life um, did a U-turn and vetted the, the incoming challengers and endorsed all of them. Uh, and of them, you are one of them, I assume. I am. Yeah, I'm running a District 5. Okay. And um, so basically, those of you watching now or watching later, um, you know, the, the point that I wanted to stress is that there's some significant things that you can find out about your county government, uh, what they're doing, uh, you know, what their position on issues is. And oftentimes county, um, you know, county employees or county officials will act like, oh, well, it's really the state controlling everything or, you know, the federal government. But really, the county does have significant uh, impact on what um, is happening in the daily lives of the residents um, who live there. So um, we really do need to be paying attention to what's happening at the county level as well as the state and federal level. Um, yeah, well, and uh, I wanted to touch base on Ryan's question. Um, what is your plan for working with the sheriff and county prosecutor for protecting the residents of Ottawa County? That's a good question. Uh, so it, your question begs another question. Um, if we were gonna be working, I'm using the term we loosely, uh, with the sheriff and the county prosecutor, uh, that would that would what, what you're insinuating then is that there were crimes committed. So I'm not sure what crimes you're talking about, uh, but you know the county commission, other people in the county can definitely work with the sheriff and the county prosecutor. You know, I'll give you an example of one time recently where uh, I did work with the sheriff. This was a few weeks ago. One of our uh, one of the vetted candidates from Ottawa Impact uh, was door knocking. And uh, they were door knocking in a, a townhome or condo association or something. And um, they had a sign up that said no soliciting. So, you know, no, you can't go door to door and sell things. Uh, well, door knocking for political purposes is First Amendment you know, protected speech. 
and also kind of a hallmark of American politics. Anyway, um, somebody, some homeowner was unhappy with, uh, you know, someone door knocking at their house and uh, decided to call the township, who then called the county, who then sent a police officer, who then removed the candidate, forced her to leave and stop door knocking. Okay. Talk about a violation of rights and an abuse of power by the Ottawa well, Sheriff's Department. And, and a huge element that I think I just want to make sure we're not going to overlook is that when the law enforcement officer arrived, she was at, you know, somebody else's home. It's not like she stayed at somebody's home, you know, when they didn't want her there. She was talking with them and that homeowner told the law enforcement officer, what are you doing? She's my guest. Leave her alone. She has every right to be here. Right. And the, and the deputy didn't care. The deputy just hung out and then forced her to leave and threatened, you know, to cite, you know, give her a ticket or, or whatever. And, you know, so how did we work with the sheriff? Well, um, she called me because she was pretty upset. I said, Joe, what do I do? Like this, we left because we didn't want to, I didn't want to get arrested. But I think what they did, what, what that deputy did was wrong. I said, it's absolutely wrong. That's insane. <laughs> like, if this is how the Ottawa County Sheriff's Department acts, then uh, we need a new sheriff. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I called, I called uh, the county and I, did, I talked to the sheriff and and he um, he then went and took a few minutes and investigated what happened, and uh, of course confirmed, yeah, that officer was in the wrong, <laughs> and uh, and it, and confirmed that it would not happen again, right? So, uh, but if you know if Ottawa Impact wasn't around and if there wasn't a lot of parents advocating for their kids for freedom and everything else, um, then that type of behavior by the sheriff's department goes unchecked. You know, and if someone's door knocking and doesn't have someone to call, I mean, they, they may not have any idea what to do. So anyway, I was glad that the sheriff um, handled the situation. That was good. Uh, but the fact that a veteran officer abused his power and forced a, a candidate to stop door knocking, that's insanity. Like there should be accountability for that particular officer. I don't care who it is. You don't do that. You don't violate people's rights. Right. Um, as far as I know, there there was no accountability for that officer. Not yet, but Not there's yet. time. Right. And, uh, you know, for somebody, just to put perspective on it, for those who might be new to the channel or come across this video in some other respect and don't really have any of the backstory, um, what Joe's talking about is a situation where somebody's in Ottawa County, which is West Michigan, and um, Ottawa County just happens to be the county where um, I was an elected official and I was a licensed attorney and uh, a resident. And um, so when I was violently arrested by three sheriff's deputies in a neighboring county, um, everybody in Ottawa County knew about it. <laughs> and um, so a lot of people were, um, you know, afraid even just because of that, seeing, well, shoot, if, you know, they're going to arrest, violently arrest a constitutional attorney who's literally on scene to represent people whose rights are being violated, then what chances do I have as somebody just out, you know, a candidate out door knocking or whatever. So um, at any rate, it is something it's even if they don't know me personally or they don't uh, remember who was arrested, everybody in Ottawa County must have heard about that, I'm sure. Uh, so at any rate, it's just something to keep in mind that there is a realistic fear. It's not just some empty threat from a deputy um, or that kind of thing. So, um, Catherine? yeah. So one of my favorite quotes that I've learned throughout the last two years is that personnel is policy. The, the people who are hired or elected in a county help drive the policy of the county. So, you know, if you have a veteran officer who is threatening to cite or arrest somebody who's door knocking, right? That policy is set from the top. You know, there there should be accountability for for people who violate you know others' rights. But my point is, you know, it's like the health department. Um, the health officer is hired and fired by the county commissioners. There are people in the health department who when you read the pro-life protection assessment, um, 
have promoted this pro-abortion or abortion-aligned material in the county. So who is ultimately responsible for this type of behavior, for the, for the personnel making these decisions? It's the county commissioners, at least in Ottawa County here, talking about county government. And so that's why the people who are making the decisions, whether they're elected or appointed, are so critical to have the right people in office because they set the policy uh, from, you know, from where they're, where they're at. So this is just the follow-up that I, I shared here on the screen. Um, the person who asked that question initially said, I'm more referring to the education of the responsibilities of the sheriff to protect the residents from unconstitutional orders uh, or laws from uh, federal or state governments. Um, so again, what you were just saying is that, you know, there are some government, county government positions that the uh, county commission, uh, the county board um, oversees or appoints or directly controls in some way, but um, offices like the, the sheriff uh, are a constitutional office. And so those are not directly controlled by uh, the local government, but rather the constituents at the ballot box. Um, but uh, you... Um, you know, you talked about it's still the job of the of the county board to set what the policy is. And, you know, there are just depending on the situation, there are things that a county board can do when they have another elected official uh, go rogue in their county. Um, sure. And you can look, you know, one of the big things from a county level is look at budgets. You know, um, the day that there was the, the thousand parents protesting at the at the uh, county building, the county commissioners actually voted to increase funding for the health department by over $2 million while there's a thousand parents in the building. You know, it's, it's that kind of uh, out of touch, disconnected from reality type of a perspective that is, it does not go unnoticed within the county. You know, oh, a thousand parents showed up to protest first time in Ottawa County history. Eh, who cares? It's, it's like, uh, Phil Kyers told me, uh, you know, all the parents protesting. I asked him, what do you think about this? Um, he said, it's a blip. You know, and if the county commissioners see a thousand parents, you know, coming to speak to them um, for redress of grievance, grievances, if they think it's just a blip, well, then the county's got a problem. Right. Well, uh, we do have uh, another question that I wanted to give you the chance to address. Um, how do you feel about property, private property rights? I love private property rights. It's like another foundational hallmark of America. <laughs> Freedom to do with your own property what you like. Yeah. So would you agree with, um, say, the founders of our country that government's job is to uh, the purpose of government is not to control our every move, but rather just to sort out, you know, um, disagreements, essentially, uh, that happen when you as one property owner are exercising um you know, your, your rights uh, that are given to you by God in a way that is infringing upon, say, my ability to exercise the rights that are given to me by God. Uh, and um, it's not always about property, but oftentimes there's some sort of property element involved. So uh, right. would you say that's what government's role is? Right. It's a limited role. Uh, it's not supposed to be top-down control. Uh, it's not the purpose of government. Um, but, you know, there's there's many examples that we could go to. I mean, there's all kinds of ordinances about noise or, or you know, toxic waste or, you know, things like that. Um, and so, uh, sure, I think it's, you know, private property rights are extremely important and need to be upheld. So um, are there any uh, specific things, I guess, that you want to... Um, you know, make sure that people know about, you know, relating to, to county government, to, uh, to your campaign for county commissioner, to relating to Ottawa Impact and what it's working on. Is there anything that you think people need to know about that we didn't get to touch on enough yet so far? Oh, sure. I mean, there's a lot going on. I'll try to limit my comments. <laughs> um, I guess number one is there's an election one week away. That's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. And uh, my phone won't stop ringing. There's 
reporters calling and calling and calling, uh, trying to trying to get information on what's going on. It's interesting because Ottawa County kind of leads the state in many respects. People watch Ottawa County. It's a very conservative county. Um, right now, there's 11 county commission seats. They're all up for re-election in a week. There's uh, nine Ottawa Impact vetted challengers to nine of those seats. Uh, and we've seen some pretty uh, <laughs> crazy stuff coming out. <laughs> like current commissioners calling us. Uh, they're, and by the way, the current incumbents are, they run as Republicans. Their vetted challengers are Republicans. Um, there were uh, six of the current incumbent Republicans who were just censured by the uh, Republican Party <laughs> for asking Democrats to uh, um, join and vote for them in the upcoming primary next week. Uh, so the, one of the statements along that was really, really funny. I'll try to pull it up. But anyway, so, you know, that's been really neat to see such a huge involvement from people in their local government and wanting a change, you know, some fresh perspective in the, in the county. Um, you know, the county attorney last year said uh, that, you know, there was, there was a school that got shut down. It's my daughter's school actually for not complying with every COVID mandate. And uh, anyway, the attorney said that the, you know, the school and the school's attorney had had like an ignorant conservative political agenda. Um, and so, you know, that's ridiculous for one, but we've been hearing kind of that kind of ridiculous type, um, villainization, uh, name calling from a lot of the, uh, in, uh incumbents we called, we've been called extremists, uh, radical, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. And really what they're dealing with is a whole bunch of regular citizens who want accountability. So um, I'll read you a quote here. This is a pretty funny one. So this this was a quote from after, there we go. After the six of our current commissioners were censured by the Republican Party. Uh, one of the people from the party said, it's pretty clear what's going on here. These individuals, talking about the censured commissioners, uh, no longer have support from actual Republicans in the community. So they're playing games with our primary process and trying to get Democrats to decide who the Repu Republican nominees should be. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But, you know, that's kind of where we're at in Ottawa County. Right. Well, and I think it's not, um, I think in that respect, there's a lot of similarities in other counties all across the state of Michigan, as well as in other states, such as in Florida. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of people that are in place that are, you know, Republicans or some other, you know, conservative uh, office holder, supposedly conservative office holder who has forgotten uh, what their office is supposed to entail and what it's not and who they answer to. Um, so uh, that's actually the boring stuff that I planned on kind of recapping a little bit once uh, we let you get back to um, all the fantastic things that, that you do. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's important that people recognize the the impact that issues at the county level have and the impact that the actions of county government officials have and the impact that you as an individual can have uh, on those county governments and at those meetings and, you know, by taking different steps. I mean, uh, hopefully, um, you know, any of you watching uh, were able to hear the, the beginning when we're talking about Joe's getting involved and, you know, he wasn't really politically active before 2020 and, and all the craziness happening is what got him involved. And, uh, you know, seeing, you know, what's happening at the state level, uh, certainly the national level, but then, you know, having his eyes get even more open to what's happening at the local level and, and deciding to do something about that. And uh, thankfully, Joe and uh, Sylvia and others with Ottawa Impact uh, have been there to um, really um, take the, the lead uh, on, you know, fighting those issues at the county level in Ottawa County. Um, and it, it also goes to show you, I mean, I obviously have the perspective of, of being an attorney and oftentimes people think, well, you're an attorney. 
you know, of course, you know how to get involved or do these things. Joe's not an attorney. I mean, we didn't really talk about exactly what Joe does, but Joe, in general, you do, you know, technology or computer related stuff, um, nothing related to, you know, legal or political stuff for your your primary job, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe some business legal side, but nothing political. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you, you know, you don't you're not uh, a paralegal or an attorney or, you know, anything in that sense, related to uh, the legal side of things. Uh, and Sylvia, who is a co-founder of, um, I was gonna say Restore Freedom, but of um, Ottawa Impact, uh, she's not an attorney either. Um, she's- no. um, Her background is social work, special needs adoption, and she's a, she was a business owner. And basically, you know, she's, she's a parental rights advocate. And so, you know, it's interesting to look at the backgrounds of some of the people who are, are running um, you want me to give you a really like a one sentence on each of them? Sure. It, you know, it, people who are getting involved, it, it's it's across the board. They have so many unique backgrounds. Um, there's Gretchen Cosby, who's running for county commissioner in District One, and she's she's not a politician. She's she's a nurse. You know, 30 years um, with extensive experience. She ran the stood up and ran the COVID testing centers for Holland Hospital. I mean, she, her background is amazing. Um, Lucy Ebel, who also is a nurse, um, is running in, in Holland in District 2. And Jacob Bonema, who's running in Zealand, um, who has an insurance and entrepreneurial type background. You know, um, Rebecca Curran, who's in District 7, uh, who has some, polit some political background, but is not a politician. Uh, you know, she's a mom. She's highly involved locally. Um, Sylvia Rohde, who we mentioned. Roger Belknap running in like the West Olive area. You know, he has been in, in local government. He's worked in townships. He's, he's done infrastructure and roads and things like that, um, but not a politician, you know. Uh, he's, he's seen how the inner workings of the politics work, but, you know, from, from the inside. <laughs> so right. um, Jenny Shepard Kelly is in Grand Haven, uh, volleyball coach, you know, uh, business owner, and, you know, never planned to get, involved to run for office, you know, <laughs> uh, and Alison Miedema, who was a, a teacher for over 20 years. So, you know, these people, uh, much loved in their by their communities, uh, didn't need or even necessarily want to get involved like this, but they saw a need. And they're the type of people who, when they see something like this, you know, like, uh, basically, when they see people's rights, being infringed, not being recognized, not being prioritized, they step in and they got involved. And so it's been amazing just to see the, the diverse you know, backgrounds and perspectives coming together for the better of Ottawa County. And uh, last question here uh, asked by someone on YouTube, how can we help? So how can people help your efforts and what you're doing? It's a great question. I appreciate it. Uh, so you can go to Ottawa Impact Pack, that's PAC.com, uh, and you can connect with vetted candidates in your district. Uh, there's a little spot where you can type in your address and it will tell you what district you're in. And you can request yard signs. You can go, you can knock on doors and you're with your, you know, in your neighborhood. Um, there's only a week left, but in that week, you know, you, people can cover a lot of ground. Uh, really, the big thing is talk to your friends and neighbors. A lot of people don't know that six of our Republican commissioners were censured, uh, uh, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago. I mean, it's a pretty extreme situation to have sent a censure go down before a primary. It's not normal. It doesn't happen. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know about the you know, pro-abortion related alliances and that the, the incumbent commissioners had their endorse, endorsements from Right to Life halted. Uh, they just helping educate voters in Ottawa County is the number one thing that needs to happen. And I've talked to many people who, as soon as they hear what's going on um, with some of these issues, they immediately are informed on who they need to vote for. And they're looking for new leaders for liberty with a fresh perspective. 
And um, one of the great ways that people can get involved, especially uh, in the you know four days of summer that Michigan has, um, is uh, to to do the door knocking. Um, you know, our mutual friend uh, Rachel Atwood has been posting on social media to have people join um, you guys out for door knocking. Uh, looks like maybe Saturday mornings is when you often do some door knocking with you know, like a concerted effort. Um, do you, what kind of opportunities um, do you have that people could get involved in that way between now and next Tuesday, which is the primary in Michigan? Yeah, if uh, anybody's interested, they, you know, if they want to knock with me, they can either find, find Rachel on Facebook or, <laughs> or go to joemoss.com and connect through there. Uh, there's a volunteer page and, and other things. Um, or with any of the candidates, we'll find their district and connect with their candidate. And it's door knocking right now is actually, it's easy and it's really fun because Ottawa County is looking for new leadership. So you knock on a door and we have, we have signs everywhere across the county, signs, billboards, we're doing radio ads, like everything, trying to educate the voters. And so often when you knock on a door, the person says, oh, Joe Moss or, or oh, Gretchen Cosby or, or whoever. Say, oh, I've seen the signs or I heard the radio ad. Or, and so tell me more. They're, they're hungry for change. They're hungry for new leaders for liberty. And so it's actually really fun to door knock these days. Yeah, um, I don't know that I would say it's fun. Now, I'll admit I haven't door knocked in Ottawa County this year, but uh, I've done my fair share. I ran for state rep way back and, um, you know, I, I've, I've door knocked for other candidates and, you know, I, I've, I've knocked on thousands of doors for political reasons. And oh, yeah. Joe, I would never call it fun, but it is something that's important and it does help. And it gives, even yeah. if you're just, you're not the candidate themselves, uh, to be able to get out there and have a person, a real life human show up with some campaign literature yeah. and answer some questions uh, you know, that they've talked to the candidate, they know where the candidate stands on certain issues, or they can connect them with certain information about the candidate. That means a lot to voters. Yeah. It, it so, does. Which um, really confuses me how I won so heavily in Ottawa County uh, for all the things I ran for in, in 2020 and 2021, because I didn't knock a single door, but hey, you know, it was you know, a weird time, I guess. Um, well, that, that was maybe even the start of people looking for new leaders for liberty. You know, they're, they're looking for people who will stand up for freedom. Well, maybe we'll call me a trendsetter then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Claim it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much to all of you for uh, watching and listening and um, asking questions. I love when that happens. Uh, and we're able to get some really good information out there on point uh, to answer the, the topic from different perspectives. Um, of course, I want to um, thank our, our faceless Lori, who um, scares the crap out of me sometimes when I ask a question. And I forget she's there because uh, she's not physically showing on the screen, uh, but she's obviously back there doing work um, as always. And um, uh, last but certainly not least, um, we all want to thank you, Joe, for your time today and uh, carving out this opportunity to let people know what they could do uh, for those that are all across the U.S., um, but especially those who are in Michigan. And um, for those of my followers who are in Florida, um, know that uh, Joe doesn't really know this yet, but he's going to be moving here soon. Um, <laughs> But uh, he he does have some good family ties here uh, with in-laws down here. And um, so, um, you know, he's uh, he, he's a Michigan guy, but um, uh, does have Florida ties as well. So you can choose to support him, even if you are uh, a Floridian or someone living in another state. So um, thanks, Joel, for coming on. Uh, and yeah, I... I wish you the most of coffee and caffeine and uh, everything that can keep you going until the results come in next Tuesday. Can't um, wait. Are, are we, uh, are you doing some sort of uh, watch party that can be live streamed or joined by others in other States? Uh, well, I, I know Rachel will be there, so <laughs> it'll probably be live streamed. <laughs> uh, so I, but I don't know offhand. We are going to do one. 
um, it'll be in Allendale and, and we'll try to, we'll try to live stream it if we can. So Allendale, does that happen to be um, something that may be jointly being done with any kind of gubernatorial candidates by any chance? No, it's not actually. Um, it's, it's just going to be the county commission uh, candidates that were vetted by Ottawa Impact. And then we're hoping that, um, you know, can, other candidates uh, will show up. We've invited a, quite a few and we expect maybe they'll pop in and pop out as they kind of make the rounds. But uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. And the way things are looking right now are, are looking very positive um, across the county. And so our, our hope is that we've, we get uh, nine new uh, commissioners through this primary and uh, can, be, can kind of help Ottawa County um, take a leadership role for conservative values, conservative principles, and help lead the state of Michigan forward. All right. Well, that sounds great to me. And I will, uh, even if Rachel doesn't live stream it, uh, I'll just tell her she's got to do like Google Hangouts or something with me so I can be there with you guys. So sounds good. All right. Well, thanks so much, Joe. I hope you have a great day. Yep. Thanks. See ya. Uh, so, um, to everyone else, I wanted to give you that recap of where we are. Um, let's see here. Um, with the constitution and I'm going to go ahead and make that bigger, maybe. Um, give me just a moment here, guys, to make this a little bit bigger for you. Okay. So um, this will be shared uh, in the um, in the comments. Uh, I forgot to share it um, in the comments earlier, but we'll get it we'll get it shared. Uh, it'll also be uh, made available on um, our Thursday Constitution segment recap uh, as well. So um, just kind of a refresher that when we talk about any level of government, and oh look at that, I don't know how to spell county. Uh, I won't be sharing this PDF with you. I will be modifying it and then sharing the new one. Uh, but anyway, when we look at um, county government, uh, you can see that, you know, as with all government, we have to start from the concepts that we, the people, don't get our rights from government. We get them from God. And um, we have... Um, it's we, the individuals, we, the people who have rights uh, and we hold the power uh, and we we only authorize or delegate certain powers to our federal, state, county or municipal governments. Uh, and all those powers that we don't delegate specifically in our constitutions are reserved to us, we, the people. And uh, the whole concept of, you know, that it's we, the people that hold the sovereign power is um uh, mentioned and, and reiterated over and over again in the Declaration of Independence, in the U.S. Constitution, in the Michigan Constitution, in the Florida Constitution. Um, and so when we have people that are supposed to be representatives of we the people who are elected into certain positions, chosen, um, uh, possibly even appointed uh, to run in certain roles, to fill that certain uh, need, in government, they all have to take an oath, an oath of office, an oath to support and defend the U.S. Constitution and uh, the state constitution, if it's a state official. Um, and we have those um, those oaths uh, referenced here. Uh, in Florida, we even have uh, the part that's talking about that each state and county officer before entering the duties of office shall swear or affirm to support protect and defend the Constitution. Uh, we also need to remember that there's a separation of powers. So when you have, you know, the U.S. level, the state level, it could be the county level, uh, the local level we talked about last week, whatever level of government here in the United States, we are guaranteed a Republican form of government. Uh, and we also have a general system that has checks and and balances, and that has a separation of powers. So you have those who are in um, the um, 
the legislative capacity uh, who are making regulations or modifying regulations, um, and those have to be elected officials. Um, we have uh, several parts of our state constitutions that talk about uh, the powers of counties to consolidate townships, uh, to put into um, effect uh, county charters, which is their version of a constitution, uh, to put into effect uh, ordinances and resolutions, um, to um, do other kinds of things. Uh, our county, um, excuse me, our state constitutions also uh, put into place which officers, which county officers are constitutional um, offices. So in, um, in Michigan, you have a sheriff, a county clerk, a county treasurer and a register of deeds and a prosecuting attorney. And in Florida, you have a sheriff, a tax collector, a property appraiser, a supervisor of elections, and a clerk of the circuit court. Interestingly enough is um, at least three uh, of those uh, particular offices that are separated out in the Florida constitution um, at the county level are all rolled into um, to one uh, office in the Michigan constitution. But um, anyway, I put in here all the parts that talk about who the commissioners are, uh, what kinds of, of county government you can have, a non-charter government or charter government, um, county ordinances um, and whatnot. So I will share this, like I said, a little bit later as well as um, on Thursday's constitution segment recap. Um, but uh, for now, uh, I just want to, let me see real quick if there's any other questions or concerns uh, that we did not get to. Um, so Ryan is asking about, um, you know, regarding constitution training, looking into Liberty First Society classes. Um, and uh, so I don't know if the question is specifically for me. I haven't looked into her classes. Uh, we've tried to reach out to her uh, to see if we can join forces in some sort of way to, um, to educate people on the Constitution, to fight for freedom. Um, but she's um, been, I, I guess, a bit too busy to get back to us. Um, but at any rate, I don't know anything in particular about her classes. What I can tell you is that uh, we do this program every single Tuesday at noon, currently um, live streaming it anyway uh, at that time to uh, educate people on the Constitution, educating people about the Constitution in the context of real life things coming up and uh, issues and topics you need to be aware of. Uh, talking about um, different ballot initiatives, candidates, uh, proposed bills, new laws, recent court cases, um, all kinds of things relating to uh, the Constitution and putting those into perspective in terms of what the Constitution has to say about each of those topics. Um, but we will be specifically creating Constitution courses uh, for adults, uh, for teens and for kids, hopefully at some point really soon, but we're going to try to finish our new website and uh, redesign our new constitution app and get those fully functioning and up first. Uh, but please keep, um, keep coming back and checking with us to see what new offerings we have regarding that. Um, okay, so... All right, those are all the questions that I see there today. If I did somehow skip one or miss one or, or um, gloss over one, I do apologize. But uh, we thank you for joining us today. And um, if you're in Michigan, please make sure you are doing your homework between now and next Tuesday so you can vote informed next Tuesday at the uh, state primary elections. If you live in Florida, I don't remember the exact date now, but I want to say it's um, three weeks after the Michigan primary is the Florida primary. So make sure you are doing your homework to find out
who is running, who is going to be on your ballot and which people you should vote for just because they have that particular, you know, R after their name or D or whatever party you generally follow along with does not mean that they're the candidate that you actually would support if you knew where they stood on all those individual important issues. So with that being said, I look forward to having you check back with us tonight at 10 on all of our social media platforms to see the uh, true or false question of the day answered, as well as tomorrow for our Wednesday way to get involved challenge, Thursday for our Constitution segment recap, which is likely going to be a post and not a video this week, our Friday Freedom Fighting Tools, and Sunday's Biblical Insight. And of course, please come back and join us next Tuesday at noon for our uh, live episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Have a great day, everyone.